Welcome to the Stadium Tech Report Podcast. I'm Phil Harvey, but enough about me. Look way up above sea level, 5,430 feet high to be exact, and you will find the editor-in-chief of the Mobile Sports Report, Mr. Paul Kapuska. Hello, Paul. <gasps> Hello, Phil. Air is thin <laughs> up here. <laughs> I bet it is. Just some deep breaths before I get started. Any snow? Uh, you know, we actually did have snow on the deck yesterday. Excellent. I, I, actually, this morning, I, I'm, I kid you not, it's almost May, and mm-hmm. we're still getting snow here in Colorado. The skis are not yet in the garage. Fantastic. So, um, I you know, usually Phil introduces me in fine and flowery language, but this podcast, we're going to move over into the passenger seat and let Phil drive things a little bit about a uh, big event recently took place down in your neck of the woods. Uh, WrestleMania 32 was at AT AT&T Stadium, and it was the fifth largest crowd, I believe, ever at Jerry's house, and it was definitely the biggest WrestleMania ever. It also produced the second highest single-day Wi-Fi traffic number, but uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. Right now, I want to hear what Phil has to say and what Phil has to think, uh, because he has a few things, he has a few thoughts about why he sees WrestleMania as the new model for mobile media consumption. Is this thing the perfect content storm or what? Yes, it is, Mean Gene. I am fired up about this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if I have to hit you over the ch- head with a chair <laughs> yeah, first in the head with to get chair, this please. started. I don't know. Um, no, you know, it, it's. Uh, I'll give you five reasons why I think WrestleMania is, is uh it's a new model for for media, and it's something that uh, is going to make mobile media uh, all the more exciting, uh, especially for builders of stadium networks and all the people that have anything to do with uh, online and and you know social networking. Um, so, reason number one: uh, despite the flamethrowers, the bikinis, the divas, the body slamming, the undertakers, <laughs> the ladder matches, the cages and all that stuff. Yep. This is family entertainment. And one of the first reasons it comes to mind that WrestleMania is, is a unique animal is that the audience is young and old alike. The dads bring their kids and notice I said kids, yep. not just sons. Um, yep. When WrestleMania was, uh, in its infancy, it really was kind of a guy thing. But now yeah. they have really successfully developed characters, storylines, and, um, you know, a real fan base um, in all ages, all age ranges, and all backgrounds. And it's really um, quite interesting how they've uh, successfully done that. Um, the second reason I hinted at it just a minute ago, actually, is the fact that it's episodic content. Um, each, you know, and as a journalist, former journalist, I really appreciate this. It, it keeps everybody engaged with storylines. Um, you know, it's a, it's something that continue, there's a continuum from event right. to event, from week to week. It, it never ceases. Yeah, no, there, I've, I've now been sort of following it for a couple of years and am actually very impressed at the sort of depth and level of, you know, how characters engage with each other, what their yeah. histories are, you know, what the backstories are. And I'm wondering if this is, if it's even better and people buy more into it because they know it's a joke. 
I actually think that makes it more unpredictable than, you know, say the pure chance of a, a football bouncing one way or another. Right. Uh, because reason and, uh, reason and chance actually have no part at all in the outcomes. They're all decided by, you know, the scriptmeisters. And I think people buy into that and they like it because, you know, it could be ridiculous. Who who knows what's going to happen next? Somebody's going to land in a in a jetpack in the middle of the ring and, you know, I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> and, and they bring characters back all the time. From they, the dead. They, yeah, There's from- an undertaker. There's a guy, people come back from the dead. You, even being dead doesn't count you out of the game in WrestleMania, and I and I do think that's I, I expect what, to see Ted Cruz and Carly Fiorina in the next one. <laughs> well, that's what that's what the WWE does is it, it it finds a way to keep itself in the in the pop culture, uh, you know, right. stream somehow, and yet it's its own thing. You know, well, you've got The Rock, right? You know, yeah. a crossover guy, a guy who's doing family movies. Now he's at WrestleMania. You know, he's back at WrestleMania. Well, and that's the thing too, is like you go, yeah, it's like, he's not just the rock. He's, he's now a, you know, legitimate matinee idol. So it's like, he brings all that celebrity with him and all those, all that attention. And that's pretty undeniable. Um, so anyway, back to the, back, back to my, my other reasons. Um, the, the third thing I think that makes this, uh, particular activity, sport, whatever, uh, very uh unique is that it's very video savvy um the action is concentrated on the ring it's uh, for the most part it's very easy to film and it's very easy to tell what's going on on a small screen it's not like watching hockey or soccer or something like that Um, you can really engage with it on any size screen and a lot of the conflict a lot of those storylines that we talked about are actually just you know for lack of a better word actors acting and talking to one another and, you know, maybe yelling and throwing stuff. But that in itself is a very easy um, product to digest on mobile video. Right. Right. And, and it's cheap to produce too. And it's, it's well absorbed, you know, people ranting at each other. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and the other thing is, you know, kind of continuing on that mobility, the fourth reason why I think WrestleMania is a WWE is, is, is it a, kind of an amazing media property is that it's a truly mobile event. So just like a rock concert, it moves from town to town Mm, and in between events, it does all kinds of things to continue the story going. So you have to keep up on the website, the TV, you have to look at the app. It's not always covered in your local paper and it's not a quote unquote real sports so you don't see it on you know fox sports or espn all the time and that adds an even more interesting dimension to it because of the fact that it's not that it has mainstream crowds um but not mainstream media coverage then it has become its own mobile media juggernaut and i think it's it's quite interesting yeah that that is pretty interesting you know the fact that there's no league standing say or mm-hmm. even you know weight classes or belts or anything like that um you're right they've just said you know we're carving out our own space come follow us and we control all that and we are your you know there's no third party right saying this is right. what's going to happen or maybe there are i'm sure there are fan sites as well but they all feed off the main. There's one source of information where yeah. it all comes out of, 
and you know go there. And if you go there, then they can lead you, download this, right? They can say the next event is here, get your tickets. It, it's pretty brilliant, actually, if you, if you think about it. I'm, and I'm not sure it was a strategy or it just happened that way, maybe a little bit of both. Yeah, I think a little bit of both. And I, and I think the last reason kind of hits on all of that, that independence, is the last reason is the subscribers. The WWE has 1.2 million subscribers, so it is not a slave to pay-per-view events mm. or cable networks anymore like it was in the early days. Right. This is a really new model for a mobile media company because it can access those 1.2 million people and their attention and their eyeballs and their wallets anytime it wants. And when you're a fan of something like this, like I said, and you're not getting the, you know, the, the feedback and the, and the coverage that you normally would right. any other mainstream sport, then you're going to, you're going to dive down into their website and their apps even more deeply than, you know, uh, than you would a casual, than a casual fan would, you know, the, the major league baseball, uh, website or something like that. So it's, it's created, you know, not just fans, but super fans, not just super fans, but super fans with credit cards. Oh, and, and there's yeah. 1.2 million of them. And, and they travel to these big events because, yeah. And that's another beauty, right? It's not just the Broncos against the Panthers and associated fans of football. Everybody can come to every big event because yeah. one of your, you know, one of the personalities you follow or favor is bound to be there at some point. Yeah. So, I, I mean, people really, they, they plan vacations around WrestleMania. I'm not kidding. These, you know, there's some crazy. people who I follow on Twitter. They're like, can't wait, big event. Yeah. Well, and they they have fun too. It's a kind of a community, and 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 you take all those things together, and this is the kind of company that I I think is incredibly important to stadium networks because these fans and this company and the kind of media events they're putting on could show off technology in a way that these stadiums have not yet been able to do, and I think that's where it really pays off. Yeah, and and, and that's that's really just spot on when you look at the numbers. The, the Wi-Fi number, as we hinted about earlier, uh-huh. uh, for WrestleMania 32 at AT&T Stadium was 6.77 terabytes. Mm. Now that's, as for a single day, big stadium, Wi-Fi right. network number, it, it's second ever only to the recent Super Bowl 50 mark, which hit 10.1 terabytes. Mm. So, and at AT&T Stadium, and, and I think this is really interesting, is that the Wi-Fi mark for WrestleMania was almost two terabytes more than the Wi-Fi mark from the first college football playoff championship game wow. held, held in the same place a year before. So, hmm. and, and at Levi Stadium, WrestleMania 31, which was held a year ago, that uh, held the Wi-Fi record mark at, at Levi Stadium until Super Bowl 50. So WrestleMania at Levi's had more traffic than any football game ever played in the venue. And (laughs) so some of that, I I mean, some of that is, you know, there's more fans in the stadium because you've got, as we said, people down on the field sitting around the ring. It's a much longer event. It it goes on all day. 
and there's tons of natural breaks. There's lots of colorful things. You know, flamethrowers are going yeah. up. You know, people are dropping out of cages. Right, yeah. It's, it's, but, it's more surprises. You but know? I, I think if you set aside for the moment that this is scripted and not really sport, mm-hmm. except for the biggest event worldwide, the Super Bowl, it blows everything else away. Oh, yeah. So, so for stadium tech types, the question then becomes, you know, forget about being ready for the Alabama game. Are, are you ready for WrestleMania? Uh, yeah, totally. I mean, I, I uh, th- that's why I think this is such a great topic. It's like right, I'm right there with you. If, if you're designing a stadium for the, the, the or the the, te- the technology and the network for a stadium, and and I would include everything in this. I would include ticketing. I would include concessions, Wi-Fi, ingress and egress. You know, getting in and out of the stadium. Which, by the way. There were some problems at AT&T uh, Stadium yes. for WrestleMania. Large problems. Yeah, and, and you can't, um, you know, you can't design for a quote-unquote regular season because the the only uh, thing that these events can do to set themselves apart is be totally unique and totally memorable. So you've now got to not only think about football in your regular season and all that, but you've got to think about What's going to attract WrestleMania? What's going to get concerts, dirt bike races, uh, motocross, and things like that? What are and then you know some of these other uh, yeah. kind of considerations are um, well, I mean just you know I mean just just a, well, a I, great I, great recent example was Beyonce. You know this this whole um, uh, kind of media stir that she's caused with her uh, <laughs> yeah. hour long music video, right? right. When somebody like that comes to town and has a concert, what if she releases her new single at the event for download? Or video, right? (laughs) Yeah. What what if she does something completely unexpected and says, guess what, everybody, for tonight only, here's a new digital asset, digital song, whatever, that that is now available for download. Is your stadium ready for that i can tell you the answer to that right now is no (laughs) (laughs) no most of them are i mean it's totally true and and and, you know a lot of these new large venues especially the multi-purpose ones you know they use tax dollars they're they're being sold saying you know look this is more than just football or more than just baseball we're gonna have concerts we're gonna have dirt bike races um but you still see them being mainly designed from a technology standpoint to host the regular season games. The right. Levi Stadium is a great example, right? They mm-hmm. they formed an app company to build an app for the stadium so you could deliver food, and they rolled it out. And we, you know, I couldn't believe they were going to try to do that to every seat in the stadium, and it worked great. I think for the you know opening season, it, it was working well, mm-hmm. and then they bring in. The hockey game, the you know the stadium series after the football um, right, first regular season was over, and totally they were totally different. It's just totally different because hockey fans, they know they're going to sit there for twenty minutes, mm-hmm. and they know that the action might not stop. So in hockey, you're more likely you know to go to the bathroom, go get some food, whatever during regular intermission breaks. Right. Well, at that hockey game, you know, all these hockey fans sit down and they say, hey, I can order food to my seat. And right. pretty much every one of them tried to order <laughs> food to their right. seat. And, you know, um, I was talking on the phone this week with John Paul, 
who's the CEO of Venue Next, the uh-huh. company that developed the app for Levi Stadium. And he admitted, you know, he was like, that completely just caught them unawares, and it was a big lesson learned. But he was also saying, you know, the Venue Next is now going to be used uh, by the Cowboys. It's being used in AT&T Stadium. Right now they're, you know, developing apps and trying to get some of the services in there. And, and he was saying that, you know, some of this is a challenge just because of the way stadiums are built. You and I have both been to AT&T Stadium together. Yeah. And, and we've seen smartly how the stadium is arranged. Like if you have a ticket to the suites, you go in one entrance, you go up a separate ramp, you go up a separate elevator. You're not you're not trying to fight your way through the the you know for better description the riffraff <laughs> for the riffraff for the cheap seats people right who people like me <laughs> who are still getting their value but it, it's you know it's a higher value proposition now when you throw an event like WrestleMania in there it, it sort of turns on its head because the premium seats are not in suites they're the ringside ones that's where right. you know yeah. Bill Simmons comes to the event he's sitting ringside right yeah so yeah. how do you he, he was saying you know that caused some traffic flow. Uh, challenges because you've got people who are, you know, high rollers, and to get them to the to the floor of the stadium, you can't have them going through the regular suite holder ticket area. So, you know, I just, I, I just wonder, you know, um, if if these things are gonna, you know, flood the tech zone yeah. just because of the nature of the product, and you're not going to be ready for it. So. Uh, it's an interesting a, question, and, and and I'd like to go back to WrestleMania uh, just yeah. for some final thoughts because um, it, it seems to be on a much higher plane than other things. I mean, I, I see uh, UFC growing in popularity. You know, mm-hmm. people are onto this uh, Ronda Rousey, Conor yeah. McGregor, uh, you know, ostensibly real life slugging in a cage. A sport like that is growing in popularity, but will it ever get WrestleMania big? Does it have the components, do you think? Or is WrestleMania sort of better positioned as a media entity and as a mobile entity and and something that's going to really keep driving fans' interest in sort of a a spiral of of ever-increasing business? Yeah, I think WrestleMania is kind of a unique uh, media property in that you know, for all the reasons I listed, I, I, I think it's going to appeal to uh, um, the, a, a much more broad audience for a much longer time than the UFC will. However, that said, the UFC is rising in popularity. Um, it, Ronda Rousey and people like that are actually bringing in a completely different fan base. Um, and what is interesting about it, as brutal as it is, does showcase a really unique athletic prowess that you simply can't find anywhere else. No. And it does have a tendency to bring people from other countries from what we would in the media world sort of be like completely out of nowhere to superstardom. Um, right. For instance, uh, you, you know, just when you, when you think about like the last, you know, Conor McGregor is a great example of somebody like that who, Sure. Not on the mainstream radar, and all of a sudden, this guy couldn't get any bigger. You yeah, know? and and I, and I think to that point, there's no cultural. You know, you have in the U.S. football or soccer is, is right. still struggling, and and I'm sure in other places of the world they could care less about the Super Bowl. But 
it, you know, you don't need any cultural background to understand somebody punching somebody else in the face. It's well, it's pretty easy to figure out. I mean, there's some of the tap out stuff. Or, yeah, or the, one because whatever, it's mixed but. martial arts. You know, it does attract people from a variety of disciplines, which is you know, like right. I said, as brutal as it is to watch. It is interesting in that everybody well, comes to it with a different style and from a different background. And that's intriguing, right? Which one yeah. is better? It's like the old question, like, you know, if you got a big football player in a boxing ring, would a well-trained boxer be able to overcome that? I can yeah, see yeah. that. It's, it, it actually is like, you know, it's like a, a living prop bet. So, you know, <laughs> um, so it's it's. It, I think it won't ever get, you know, grow to the size, but I do think you're going to have, you know, Mixed martial arts, stadium size events, and I do yeah. think that they are going to be just like WWE. I think they do have the potential to be um, mobile tech juggernauts because right. you want to see the pre-fight, the post-fight. You know, these fights are not long because of the nature of them and the brutality. Right? They do not. You know, th- th- these aren't all-day events, and so um, you're going to absorb as much media around what's happening as you are the fight itself, you might even watch the entire thing, you know, on your phone on the way home, especially if it's a quick knockout. Right. Also want to pull, uh, pull back the curtain a bit and all the rattling you hear my uh, cat, Rosie <laughs> just jumped on the desk and is now trying to avoid me. Is, uh, my, is she trying to get you in a chokehold? She's, <laughs> is she she's trying to get you to for, submit? She's trying to go for the microphone. She really is attracted to it for some oh. reason. She wants to be her own, uh, wants to have her own podcast someday. Oh. And I'm, I'm of course fighting her off. So uh, we, we we'll bet, just have to contend with all the noise for a second. We better wrap up that Intel story. We don't want to get in her way. Yes, we should. Um, she's probably got a better, a bigger podcast than we do anyway. <laughs> More um, so how about, how about we go back and, uh, you know, to the, the, the event that, uh, you know, you and I went to, uh, together the uh the the you referenced it earlier the yes. very first college football national championship yes it was there was an interesting you know from a stadium from a game standpoint it was great but from a attending the game at the stadium uh standpoint i'm really glad i brought my ski jacket <laughs> I'm, I'm really glad i decided to make mobile oh. sports report fleece hats oh it was brutal cold it was brutal cold and and like the wrestlemania thing I, I couldn't understand for the life of me why they kept us waiting outside. I mean, I there, were, there, there were, there was like, we, I, we went, I, we granted we got there a little bit early, right? We went to, well, we did, but you know, they, they, there was a sea of people already. I mean, this is the yeah. first of its kind national championship. So obviously the interest level nationally is huge. Nationally is huge. The fans were into it and yeah. everybody, you know, just figured, well, we'll just show up at the stadium and, and you know, in fairness, I guess if it had been a mellower weather day, there was some sort of outside, right? There was a stage with some bands. There were some Oh yeah. The, it's and, a, the pavilion and all that was was, you know, well appointed and really smartly set up for for handling a crowd. But the right. problem is, it, it was, was thirty below zero. <laughs> it, was a, it was a crazy bad weather day, and you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, got to the stadium early because hey, they had just flown in that morning. Like they were from at most everyone Oregon there was from Ohio out of State. Town. They were from Oregon. They were from Ohio State. I and mean, what are the odds that any of those people had ever been to AT and T Stadium before? Oh, exactly. I and mean, so they, probably they, low. They weren't, you know, no, uh, they weren't prepared to st- stand outside for two hours. No, they wanted to go inside. They wanted to walk around. They wanted to see 
I, I mean, the stadium is as much a, a spectacle as anything else. Yeah. And they wanted to buy T-shirts. They wanted to buy hats. They wanted to watch the band. And it just seemed like nobody had a clue about that. <laughs> We're all bunched up, pressed against the doors, waiting to get in. So Yeah, it was, a, it was a, another sort of logistical thing that hopefully, you know, uh, it gets addressed in the future. Um, and and so even though security wasn't too hard no. uh, to, or too difficult to get in and out, neither was ticketing. That seemed like it went smoothly at the time. Yeah. Um, a weird sort of thing was, well, and, and that's also where we found out like just how good the skybox yeah. seats are and all that stuff. Man, right. It's just like a world those, within a world. Thanks to AT&T, we had those very nice passes to yeah. the field level suite, which also let us wander around and, Saw AT and T CEO. Um, we saw just about you know uh, <laughs> the governor of Texas was walking around. Rick Perry and, and Elvis, the, the Ohio State Elvis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, some Ohio State fan that was dressed like Elvis, except he was probably three hundred pounds heavier. Randall, <laughs> Randall Stevenson. I, was, I couldn't remember the AT and T CEO's name. It just came yeah, back to me. Yeah, it was a it was a uh, it was a crazy uh, event, and, and and it was the perfect event for that stadium just because of how um how many layers of you know um different types of seating different types of uh experiences you can have all in one building right um but but, but also, i would i would compare the, it to the cowboys game we went to because we also went to a cowboys game this past year yeah. and, and that just seemed so much smoother like yeah. everybody knew their place everybody knew where to go and yeah. we almost got in a fight on the elevator <laughs> <laughs> we weren't fighting anyone. No, no, we, we weren't fighting. But there was just a there was a weird vibe in the elevator. Sometimes you get people that are just a little too uh, jacked up uh, for whatever reason. Well, wasn't that that was the because of all the weird levels that one went down to field level, right? And yeah. it was like players, friends, and there was a whole bunch of ex players from both the Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles, and they were used. They should have had separate elevators, right? Home yeah. team. Because it just it didn't go over well. They were not happy to see one another, and they made it uh, abundantly clear. And you and I were just looking at each other going, uh, uh, yeah, is this? Uh, we're just here to test the network. Can we go now? Can we go uh, now? <laughs> Back of the elevator. I don't want to punch my Bad way out of this. Well, that was fun. Well, maybe we'll get uh, – Maybe we'll have to go to the next WrestleMania just for. Well, I was about to say we've got a yeah we've we've already set a precedent. We've gone to a, a gigantic national college game. We've gone to a right. rather forgettable um, <laughs> lo- local NFL game. Now we need to go find something completely different. So we should definitely go to WrestleMania. That sounds good. All right, my friend. Well, uh, how can people find out more about uh, what event you're covering and hmm. what uh, uh, what stadiums are, uh, are really switching it on tech-wise? I'm glad you asked. They can find it out. The best place to start, the only place to start, is to go to the Mobile Sports Report website, which is at cleverly at mobilesportsreport.com on this thing called the Internet. There you can see our daily coverage of the sports technology marketplace. You can sign up for our weekly email list, which gathers all the top stories from the week and sends them neat and tidy into your email inbox. And you can find our podcasts there now as well. And you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. We are now on iTunes, so go to iTunes and search for Stadium Tech Report Podcast. And... You can go to our website and download our signature Stadium Tech Report 
quarterly reports. The Q1 issue is out now. It's got features from Super Bowl 50 where we cover in depth all the record wireless traffic set there. And there's a great feature story written by me about about using underseat Wi-Fi APs to bring better networking to your stadium. So mobilesportsreport.com is the start of your destination. Fantastic. Uh, You can find me at FuturePhil on Twitter. And for Paul Kapuska and the Mobile Sports Report, thank you for listening to the Stadium Tech Report podcast. See you next time.